Welcome to the Careers, Employability and Skills podcast from Queen's University Belfast. This episode was recorded during an employer panel discussion on adapting to the changing world of work and is hosted by our employer engagement officer, Claudine Sutherland. So, hello and good morning, everyone, and welcome to this first day and second webinar of our GradFest event. My name is Claudine Sutherland, and I'm the Employer Engagement Officer in Careers, Employability and Skills here at Queen's, and I'm going to be your host for this webinar. The webinar topic is, as you know, adapting to the changing world of work. As the world around us changes from a political, economic, social and technological perspective at a fast pace, organisations continue to adapt and evolve in response to this. So what does this mean for employees, for future leaders and graduates like yourselves? As job roles also change and evolve, are transferable or soft skills becoming increasingly important? Is there a greater need for employees to be curious and agile and adaptable along with their roles. These are some of the points we're going to discuss this morning and I'm delighted to be joined by four panellists from leading organisations in Northern Ireland who will offer valuable insight into their organisation and their topic for this webinar. Francis Weldon from Almac, Keith Barclay from City, Stephen McMaster from Deloitte, and Andrew Ryan from TLT LLP. So hello and you are all very welcome this morning, our four panellists and our student audience. In a moment, I'm going to hand over to the employers to spend one minute briefly introducing yourselves and your company to our audience. At this point, I'll just note that one of our speakers will be running slightly late, um, so we will take a slightly different order initially. But we're going to hear from Frances Weldon from Almac first for her brief introduction. So hello, Frances. Hi, Claudine. Good morning, everyone. Uh, thank you for, for joining this webinar. I'm delighted to be here. Um, I'm, as Claudine said, I'm STEM Outreach Manager at Almac Group. And as many of you will be aware, Almac is a global organisation headquartered here in Northern Ireland, employing over 5,600 staff around the world. And what we do is we offer a range of services across the whole drug development life cycle to pharma and biotech around the world. Everything from discovering new medicines to the uh, delivery uh, and manufacture of, of drug product and active pharmaceutical ingredient, delivery of clinical trials, management of clinical trials, and the development of companion diagnostic tests to help identify the uh, most appropriate treatment for patients. So everything at Almac is about advancing human health, and we have a range of careers across STEM and non-STEM areas uh, for, for graduates just like you. Thanks, Francis. Um, and next we'll hear from Stephen from Deloitte. So perhaps we're just having a, a little bit of technical difficulty there with Stephen. So we'll move on to our next speaker. So Andrew Ryan. Hi, Andrew. Hi, good morning. Uh, good morning, everyone. Thanks for showing up. Uh, I'm Andrew Ryan. I'm a partner at uh, TLT Northern Ireland LLP. We're a, a law firm. Our headquarters is in Bristol, but we've got an office in, in Belfast as well as London, Manchester uh, and Glasgow and Edinburgh. 
the firm has about a thousand employees throughout the organization. There's about 80 of us in Belfast. We cover all of the main commercial areas of, of um, law and are constantly expanding. So, uh, and we would take on um, a number of trainee graduates every year, um, as well as legal assistants. We've been in this uh, jurisdiction for about six years um now and uh, uh sort of fully committed to the to the region and constantly growing so that's us lovely thank you very much andrew i'll just go back to see if stephen is here and if he's over his technical difficulties stephen do you want to come in and keith barclay keith Okay, we're going to skip the introductions of two of our speakers who I think are just having a couple of technical difficulties and just move on to the next part of the session. So there's a breadth and depth of diversity of experience with our four speakers who you will get to hear from in a bit more detail um, shortly. And if it helps to clarify what it is that you hope to get out, out of this session as our student audience, it might be useful to now consider these three objectives or points before the upcoming discussion. So we hope this webinar should help you better understand the skills and behaviours employers are looking for in graduates and future leaders and why. We hope it will give you time to consider your own occupational specific versus transferable skills and how you might want to develop them. And also to encourage you to take some time after this session to plan acting on something that resonated with you that one of our panelists has said. So we're now going to hear from our employer guest speakers for between five and ten minutes each. I've asked them to discuss the question adapting to the changing face of work. What skills do you need from your employees and why? And after the employer discussion, there will be a question and answer session. You're welcome to ask any questions to any of our panel at this point via the chat function. So Francis, we will hear from you first for your five to 10 minute intro around our topic this morning. So thank you, Claudine. Um, yes, well, when considering this topic, I think um, I, I look to the competencies that ALMAC looks for because really, Amongst that set of six, we have, of course, job-specific knowledge, but then as graduates, you'll all have the requisite qualifications from your, your studies that you'll have done. But then thinking about you know, entering the workforce, it is all about those soft skills, those transferable skills that are covered through our other competencies. So those would be customer focus as a service-based organization, good customer focus, being able to strive to exceed expectations, meet your project targets and timelines, do the work to the highest standard possible and follow, of course, we work within a regulatory framework of good manufacturing practice or GMP. So being able to follow the standard procedures and you know, as well use creativity and initiative um, within your projects as well is, is all important. Leading by example is very important. And you might think as a graduate, how can I lead as exa by example? Well, one of the ways would be to be, to be a positive role model amongst, amongst your peers, to even show within your interview um, you know, that, that positivity, show that you can foster a, a, a climate of teamwork and be a good communicator. Communication is another key skill that employers look for. 
Um, we also look for things like results delivery and proactive solutions. So this is being, again, able to use your job-specific knowledge, use your experience from work experience or from sports or whatever other field you, you, you can take that experience from and apply it in the workplace. It's really all about being able to be a critical thinker, have good problem-solving skills, um, and again, working as a team and working independently. It's really important that you, know, you do foster um, teamwork with your colleagues. You get to know them. They, they get to know you um, and that you communicate well and choose the appropriate form of communication. Um, oftentimes we get embedded with emails, but you know, oftentimes it's getting up from your desk, taking a walk and speaking with somebody. Of course, social distancing at the moment um, it, you know, puts restrictions on that, but list the phone, use Teams, use Skype. We're using other ways of communicating with each other now. So these are, these are all, um, I think, skills that you should, you should think about and skills that I know as graduates you already have through using Canvas at Queen's, through your, your teamwork and project work that you'll have done, um, through communicating you know, up the way to, to your lecturers, um, maybe those of you who've sat you know, examinations face-to-face, -face, inside or outside of academia, you'll have had all these experiences and don't underestimate what you can bring to the table for an employer in 2020. Great, thank you for that initial overview, Francis. Um, and we're now going to move on to Keith Barclay, who I think has now joined the room. Keith, from City. Um, so Keith, you, um, you missed the little introductions there. So what I'm asking each of our speakers to do now is to just talk around the topic and what skills you need from your employees and why um, around the changing face of work. So perhaps before you talk about that, you might want to just introduce yourself um, a bit about your organisation and your background. Thank you. My, my name is Keith Barkley. I've been with Citigroup for approximately 12 years. I work in the operations department, um, specifically within asset servicing. And what we do within asset servicing is um, corporate actions and income processing. And what that basically means is if, you've, uh, if you're familiar with fixed income instruments uh, such as bonds, uh, you'll know that they have coupons and equities, uh, which are shares, obviously pay dividends. And my, my responsibility is to ensure that our clients and, and, and our firm um, have those events basically reconciled correctly and we extend then payments out to clients and receive them in from clients and, and pay them out to the firm. So basically that's a bit of an overview as to, as to what I do. Um, the department that I'm responsible for uh, stretches over multiple regions. Obviously we're based in Belfast, um, but we also have a presence in India. We have a presence in Buffalo, which is in upstate New York. Um, and over the last number of years, we've moved functions from um, the sort of historic cities such as London and New York to uh, satellite locations such as Belfast and Buffalo, uh, where, where we do the processing now. And that's basically been enabled from the likes of yourselves through graduate programs of where we've grown and built our um, footprint in Belfast through strong graduate recruitment over the last number of years. So just moving on to some of the skills that we would expect and, and um, you know, I've made this obviously quite city centric, but a lot of this stuff, you know, just listening to the last speaker as well is, is very consistent across companies. One of the things that I would suggest people do with any company before they start is, is investigate it. Um, understand what environment it is that you're moving into, understand what the mechanics of the company are, what it is that you want to achieve from it. It may be just a name to you, but 
what is it that you're going to do? You know, a lot of companies will have recruitment um, catch-ups now. I know City certainly would have done pre the pandemic where we would have brought everybody into the office and introduced them to their managers. And that's a good opportunity for people to ask questions even at the recruitment stage around what is it that you anticipate me doing? Which area is it you anticipate me working in? Another thing is um, a lot of companies, as much as we try to stamp it out, still use jargon. Um, City is unfortunately very good for that. I mean, from my perspective, I was 30 seconds behind every conversation at the start trying to translate what people were saying to me. So certainly uh, trying to understand what some of the gar jargon used in the industry would be beneficial as well. And there are sites like Investopedia that would help with that also, uh, just as a, a sort of basis point. Patience is very, very important. Um, you will need to be patient with, with yourself and laterally with others as um, everybody has had their first day at a company. You know, we, we, we all don't come pre-programmed with all the information and setting yourself targets is absolutely necessary, but setting realistic targets is, is necessary also. And understanding that you won't pick everything up from very complex, um, complex roles that you're about to have periods of days or weeks. It can't take months and that's something that you should be communication is, is paramount as well um, around making sure that you um, are communicating with you know the people that are training you communicating with your manager around expectations and just understanding exactly what it is that, that the job entails and what you are working well with what you understand what you're struggling with and what you need a little bit more help with as well um, organization again is something that i think is very pivotal um, taking notes, making sure that you're doing scheduled learning, having a plan that you're working towards in terms of, you know, even having training matrices and guides that you can compile in conjunction with, with experienced people who are doing the role at the moment. And that's something that, that will help also. Learning from mistakes, again, is very, um, very important. Make, you know, we're all human, we all will make mistakes. It's how we learn to them and how we respond to them that's, that's important and as you, as you work through organizations and making sure that if you, you know, make a from that as well in terms of how it would be written up and communicated and cascaded. One of the things that I find very important with big organizations is networking. Um, understanding your environment, building a contact list and, and learning more outside of your own role. And these are things that you can get involved in from the very start. Um, City, for example, has multiple networks such as uh, City Women, City Pride, many sporting networks. And these are opportunities for you to understand um, what other people do in, in the vast you know, arena of the bank and what, what other people do within their roles. It's very good as well as you are progressing through your career, having contact lists of people that you know you can connect with. And you, you get that through networking and that's a very important uh, step to take. Um, other things that are quite simple as it seems though, um, we all still are very heavily reliant on Microsoft Office and packages like that and things like, um, you know, presentations through PowerPoint and being able to disseminate multiple information channels through Excel are things that are very, very important also and things that, you know, it's, it's often understated, but certainly, you know, as I've solicited feedback from previous graduates, part of the, the, the thing that they said that they would have liked to have known more before the startup was a little bit more around Microsoft Office. Um, and then I suppose one of the last things I would say for everybody that's onboarding in a new company is, is to think about how to build your brand. Um, what you want to do is 
obviously be have your name associated with with something and be known for delivery or for somebody who achieves their targets or who is responsive in terms of timelines and things like that and that is very very important and that's something that you can control yourself and something that that i would suggest is is a key uh skill to to think of or a key attribute to think of in terms of how you approach your work in life and lastly um this is often said for us you know in in terms of you you need to be uh, you have to have a degree of intelligence to get into city uh, or any of these big organizations however to progress hard work is the differentiator and that's something that is often again understated and how you approach that will certainly um, shape your career thanks very much keith and um interesting a lot of the the attitudes and the aptitudes that yourself and francis were talking about um are transferable and it doesn't matter where you work or what you do and um, they're all linked in so thanks for that initial overview and um, we're going to go to Stephen McMaster from Deloitte now and again Stephen I know you had sort of nipped out a little for a few minutes during the introduction so perhaps before giving your overview you might want to just um, spend a minute introducing yourself your background and the organization thank you Sure, sure. Um, it was the electric that nipped out on me, on, I'm afraid. <laughs> it's back on now. Okay. Um, so I've been working in technology for about uh, 25 years now. The The last eight years of those I've, I've spent at Deloitte. I have a development background and I, uh, I'm a director within our cloud engineering capability. So for Clyde, we have a center of excellence that's driven out of Belfast. So a lot of our technical skills uh, live within, within Northern Ireland. My responsibility is for Clyde Build. So from a UK perspective, I am responsible for Deloitte's Clyde Build offering. Uh, what we do on a day-to-day -day basis is we work with clients largely on um, client site. Recently, obviously that's changed to deliver cloud infrastructure and it's a very 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 job so uh, clients are very different you could be working with a life sciences client next thing you know you're in a financial services client so so what it gives you is a great breadth of experience uh, across different industries um, so I'm, I'm going to go into what i would look for uh, in an employee and there is very much similarities between um, what keith was saying at city uh, and the skills that I'll touch on are largely soft skills as well. So initially, what's most important to me, certainly, is attitude and motivation. For me, that's about 70% of the role. Um, so from an attitude perspective, being willing to learn and adapt to new challenges. COVID-19 is a prime example of a challenge. But certainly, specifically within cloud, cloud moves so quickly, the technology moves so quickly, you're constantly learning and evolving and um, asking yourself whether what you know at the moment is still right in the current technological environment. So you need to be able to, um, to have the right attitude to learn and to adapt. Keith touched on motivation for joining a firm. Uh, that's incredibly important. So consulting is a different type of of company than you would expect from a normal hierarchical company what it means is that we give a lot of autonomy to our staff to allow them to make decisions and then own the outcome of those decisions 
the organization is pretty flat, so um, we're not constantly checking whether we need authorization to do, um, you know, to make a certain call or make a certain decision. So there's a lot of autonomy within within the role. Um, therefore, it's important when we're speaking to people to make them aware what they would be doing day to day and that that fits uh, with their with our career aspirations. We also know that people have varying levels of, um, of experience. So we're uh, speaking to you as, um, as graduates and you won't have the benefit of, of being in um, relevant work experience. That's what makes attitude and motivation so important. If that's in place, then, then we can work with you to, to fill out the gaps. Uh, the second thing I would look for, and, and this is this is a bit of an, a difficult one to assess, but really is self-awareness. So nobody can do everything. Um, there's plenty of people out there that believe that they can, but they can't. And knowing what your strengths and your weaknesses are is very, very important. So when we are working with a client, we normally embed a team of people. Um, so within that team, we will have people that, that will play to their strengths. Um, acknowledging that is, is very important. And I can give an example from my um, very early career, um, where the first job I was in, I found it to be particularly stressful. And after a few years, I looked for a different role. I was in my second company, much the same experience. So I moved on to my third role. This was about now six years into my career. When I finally had a, um, you know, an epiphany that it wasn't actually the role that was the challenge. It was the way I was actually responding to stressful situations. And uh, knowing that limitation, I was able to do things and approach things differently. So, um, so it would become a lot easier for me. Uh, so being self-aware is, is very important. One of the things we're very keen on in Deloitte is making sure that everybody can, can bring them their, them their whole selves to work. Um, so this is part of our respect and inclusion agenda. So irrespective of sex, race, um, sexuality, everybody is a valued employee. One thing that we that we don't tolerate is people coming into situations where they try to make people feel uncomfortable. Our entire role is making sure that people fit into a team, that people are given every opportunity they need to develop. So respecting your colleagues is important. And that plays out in a number of different ways. Um, when you are working in a team, there will be people again with varying levels of experience and it's our roles to make sure that those people succeed and to provide them the support that they need when they're working either internally with us or or with our clients and again i can go back to my early career in uh, in northern ireland with my first job in belfast in about 1991 i decided to come out to one person at work and it was absolutely horrific um, it actually affected me for many, many years. And Deloitte is a place that, you know, I can feel comfortable in myself and, and feel accepted 
So that's the spirit we want from our employees as well. That's lovely. Thank you very much, Stephen. And we will, as you know, have time for questions at the end. Um, but we're going to move on now to our fourth and final panellists. And that's Andrew Wright from TLT. Thank you very much. Well, first of all, I've got the benefit of um, going last and having heard the, the, the excellent presentations there from Francis, Keith and Stephen. Um, I can kind of easily say I don't really have much to add to those because all of the uh, all of the issues and the attributes that they raise there are, are, are things that we would completely uh, endorse and look for um, in, uh, in in our line of work in legal services. Um, I should say I'm I'm the uh, the graduate recruitment partner for the Belfast office, and we work with our HR team across the um uh, across the whole of the uk so you know and i've been doing graduate recruitment in my previous firm as well probably for the last 10 years so we have a, a have a very good idea of what law firms commercial services firms look for and, and also over those years i've seen a very broad spread of of um applicants and people that we've recruited and have been um you know successful uh both in terms of getting jobs and also then sort of progressing um their careers and, and say all, all of the things that Francis, Keith and Stephen have, have mentioned are, are equally applicable to the world of law. Um, a couple of other points um, I want to sort of make and emphasize. First off, slightly off piste, um, I suppose, just in terms of where we are at the moment in terms of the uh, the, the the sort of COVID-19 situation and, and the, the recession and concerns that you might have about um, getting a, a job in the near future. First of all, uh, I've been doing this for quite a while now and I, I worked through, I think this would be my sort of third downturn. I graduated, uh, uh, qualified into a, into a downturn. And these things are cyclical um, and we come out of them and more jobs appear and more opportunities appear. So even if if you find at this point, um, it, it, you may have difficulties finding the kind of job that you want. Um, stick at it because um, it, as, as time moves on, uh, opportunities increase. So um, whilst I, I, you know, I can see that this might be a sort of a stressful and worrying time, uh, things do improve and, and, and they always have. And we see that time and time again. So then in terms of the kind of attributes that we look for and the sort of things that, that, that you should seek to develop to make yourself attractive to employers again i think what's really important particularly in in, in the the current environment is flexibility um i think a lot of people still will have an a very clear idea of of what their um their future hopes for their career will be uh and and there's this sort of sensation sense that that you need to get the job straight away and then sort of progress on that career um otherwise you, you you're lost and that's really not the, the case and and i think now certainly we would and other employers actually like to see people who've done something different and shown a bit of uh willingness to be flexible particularly in their early careers get a broad range of experience uh, i i use myself as an example i i did a biology degree and worked in um a sort of environmental regulatory positions for a long time before going back and qualifying as a as a lawyer and and the firm that i qualified into which was in London there was maybe 50 uh, trainees and at least half of them had come from non-law backgrounds so even if you are a, a, a law graduate 
getting experience in some other commercial environment stands you in very, very good stead. Because you know the, the things that we really look for, I mean, the, the sort of technical knowledge is, is taken as a as a, a given. But the things that we really kind of look for is is commercial experience and those transferable skills that come from that, the ability to work in teams and being used to collaborating and communicating well with other people right across the scale from from sort of training training level up to senior um, uh, partners and other staff. And with that, having the, the sort of commercial, analytical and problem solving skills uh, that go with that, the ability to kind of think around problems, be open minded and also try and come up with pragmatic and commercial solutions. And, and this works right across the board, again, from straight from trainee level um, all the way up. And again, so much of, of working in a commercial environment these days, it's not just the technical knowledge, it's being very much a, 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 a sort of public the ability to be sort of a public facing person, be able to uh, communicate and speak with clients and also start right from the beginning thinking about business development. And again, the, 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 the people that we tend to employ, one thing that you really see is a, is a kind of a, a knowledge and understanding of, of the sort of commercial world, what's going on. And it's not just, you know, the ability to read the Financial Times every now and then and see that there's uh, 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 see what the issues of the day are, but he's actually been able to think about those to a certain extent and have some kind of critical um, opinion and, and view on those matters. And, and, and that sort of wider commercial understanding, I think, is really helpful. And, and again, that goes um, across the board. So, yeah, what I would say is, you know, and a lot of those skills can be can be developed in all manner of different environments, whether it's in your, in your for example, being a member of, of clubs or in your in your sort of working career and particularly at the application stage it's trying to just think about that experience that you might have and yes I mean you, you might not you might be very lucky and you might have had internships in uh, commercial firms or done vacation schemes and that kind of thing but even if you haven't done that it's trying to look at the experience that you have and and match that up to um, the, the, the the sort of the commercial business world and and I, I think it was Keith also mentioned the fact that it's knowing something about the firms that you're speaking to and and applying to never fails to amaze me how many people have have with don't even seem to have kind of looked at a firm's website when they when they apply and I think something again that really makes candidates um stand out and helps them is having some kind of understanding about the culture of a of a firm the areas that it works in and why they want to specifically work for um that firm and that attitude then just feeds through to the the you know the, the starts of uh, a person's career so yeah, really to sum up uh, everything that's been said i think is has been really helpful this morning from the other uh from the other speakers and where things are at the moment i think flexibility and looking for those opportunities wherever they come up is a is a, is a really good way to uh, push yourself forward so i hope that was um helpful thank you lovely thank you andrew and thank you to francis keith stephen as well for the initial insight we're now going to move into the question and answer part of the session. And Stephen, you've already touched on this a little bit, but even if you've got any other examples or you want to develop on it a little bit further, but if you were to reflect back to when you yourselves had just graduated, what is the one piece of advice that you would give to your younger self? Um, to be self-aware that um, when I, uh... When my younger self came up against challenges, they were always um, something that I felt that I needed to solve, not um, 
and and I'm talking about uh, personal challenges, whether it's dealing with you know um, anxiety. Um, so that isn't something you can solve, but it's something that you just have to recognize when it's happening and then um, work with it. And um, I really wish I had known that um, at the beginning of my career because I would have spent a lot less time worrying um, about things and just getting the job done. When the realization finally um, occurred, it was such a release for me. I just accept, you know, I, I, I will get anxious about things and that's just me, that's in my nature. It's not something I have to fix, it's just something I have to accept. Um, yeah, it's that awareness yeah. piece around it. Brilliant, thank you. Um, Andrew, anything to, to add on that? Um, I, I think that probably the, the, the main thing that I would tell myself is, is to um, have a bit of patience um, and, and not expect everything to sort of fall into your lap straight away um you know take a take a bit of a kind of a longer term view about where you're going but at the same time don't expect everything to sort of happen um uh, uh, easily even when you sort of fall into a, a clear career path um I, I think you still have to expect to be um open-minded and and flexible about where your career's going and look for the opportunity you know take the opportunities where they arise Great, thank you. Um, Francis, anything for your younger self? Um, yes, yeah, so my younger self uh, was someone who really looked for security. I needed to know what was going to be happening to me in six months, 12 months, 18 months time. Um, and I stressed about that a bit and made decisions based on, you know, taking the first opportunity because that gave me, you know, a, a guaranteed sort of outlook on the next say two two years of my life and um, what I would say is you know I probably over taught things too much um, and I uh, should have uh, just looked at the various options and been been you know thought about and asked others for advice um, and just you know to say that you know the people here on the panel careers advisors at, at Queen's we're, we're all here to support you um, and happy to ask answer any questions that you may have but follow your passion and your enthusiasm um because you know i know myself i've been very lucky in always being able to find something i've really loved doing at every stage of my my path um and it wasn't actually as it turned out to do with the fact that it was a permanent contract or whatever it was actually something i really enjoyed doing and so um you know whilst i as i said at the beginning made decisions based on that I, i've been very fortunate i think in this current climate um as uh, andrew said it could be you know that you you take a three-month position somewhere because it gives you the experience of the next foothold and step to go on somewhere else um or you know you're not afraid to take a sideways step and try something different because it's all going to build you out to be the person that you know you, you'll become and you'll grow into so um that's i i, I think would probably be my advice if that makes any sense at all. Yeah, uh, Jacinta Ardev um, said the other day that one of the key things that she thinks is important for a leader is kindness. And I think what you're saying there, Francis, is have that kindness to yourself. Yeah. Don't expect yourself to be the finished product yeah. um, and work towards things. Thank you for that. And finally, we'll hear from Keith. 
So as as Andrew said at the start, following uh, following up last is always difficult because I'm in total agreement with everything that's been said, you know, ahead of me here as well. Um, one of the big things I was thinking about that I would probably like to suggest to myself is embracing change. I think personally, I I always kind of approach things from a perspective of you you know you've got to learn it, you become an expert in it, and then that's it. It's static, it doesn't move, but certainly that's not the way the world is and that's not the way um i find working in a big company is there's there's a constant evolution of change on how you approach that and how you kind of get with that and flow with it um, and be instrumental with it is going to be something that will really help propagate your career as well lovely thank you guys we've got some questions coming through now so probably rather than all four of you answering them all and um, we can pick one or two speakers to answer each question and you can volunteer if you think that there's something um there's some particular question that you would like to answer um, i here's the the first i'm a naturally shy person so how do i sell myself when i don't find it an easy thing to do yeah i i i could pick up on that if, if you like yeah, thanks so um i mean i think it's a common statistic when uh, people have fears um, that most people would rather be actually in a coffin at a, um, at a funeral rather than being the person giving the eulogy. It's so widespread, um, whether it's shyness or um, public speaking and, and, and things like that, that it is well understood within our industry. We have partners within the firm who um, don't like putting themselves out there and they have you know coaching for that themselves um but it's it's practice really it's starting small so if you feel uncomfortable with some with something whether it is speaking in front of people you start with a small audience you become comfortable with that and you remember all the times that it's been successful because there's a tendency to catastrophize when you go into these situations thinking the worst will happen so you always cast your mind back to to where it's been successful. And I think um, becoming familiar in uh, with that scenario and repetition uh, really, really helps. Yeah, so we'll start to exercise that muscle and then it becomes, yeah. becomes easier. Uh, anyone else want to pick up on that question? Uh, yes, yeah, I can... if I, oh, sorry. No, go on ahead, Andrew. No problem. Uh, I'm gonna say a, a, a lot of it is just, yeah, it's, it's kind of preparation and and practice and visualizing yourself in in certain situations i mean in the work that i do i have to do a lot of uh, uh public speaking and it certainly wasn't something that came naturally um and, and yes sort of starting small and working up is 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 good and also i think it is it's just it's practice and preparation first time i might have even you know speaking to giving a presentation to clients or whatever it would be a lot of practice uh, um with yourself possibly with your colleagues uh and eventually you just kind of get used to it and 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 it's a matter of building confidence but yeah it's 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 funny how um i think in a lot of uh a, a lot of careers you see a lot of people who are very kind of outward facing um you know they might be great networkers um all those kind of things and you just immediately assume that they they're, they're, they're really sort of uh, a confident um outward going people and yet a lot of them are actually sort of like quite sort of introverted people and in, in, in the ordinary circumstances would rather sit at home with a book rather than sort of being out there and and, uh, 
and and selling themselves or their organizations or or whatever and and, and yes i mean it, it's much more prevalent i think than people realize that that the actual amount of people who are proper uh, uh properly sort of outgoing is is fairly limited and people just find their own ways of dealing with that but so much of it is just practice yeah small stuff mm -hmm. okay, thank you um uh, with another question coming in it says have you any tips on what skills other than those that are occupational specific skills that would help me get noticed i.e do you pay attention to people's hobbies or interests etc yeah i can i can take that one so i, I think um you know I, I covered it and and andrew covered it as well in terms of one of the things in, in relation to interviews getting noticed is having a um an understanding of of what the company is and what the role is that you're applying for and that's something that can certainly set set you apart um other things you know in terms of interviews it's it's the sort of age-old advice that anybody's given being prompt being presentable uh trying to be engaging as well you know generally when people are interviewing you they're they're there to try and entice the the right answers out of you they don't want you to fail they want to be collaborative with you so you want to try and engage as part of that and strike a connection with the interviewer um in terms of hobbies and interests they are very important they make up what a person is and you know we, we we don't hire robots we hire individuals and this is something that is um very important for people to convey i would just qualify that slightly with you don't want to sort of over leverage your interests and your your hobbies uh at the expense of some of the other attributes that would obviously get you into a company well as well but certainly you know do you know when when i'm performing interviews I give people the option of discussing, you know, their current job, their university, their um, any sports teams or any other functions that they feel relevant that would be giving a, a good answer from, you know, uh, from from an interview question perspective. Can I just would uh, basically echo everything that Keith said and just encourage everyone that's that's listening to think about how they you could use your hobbies um, and your your pastimes or you know, extracurricular, shall we call it, work that sits outside your, your sort of subject area of, of expertise from an academic perspective. And when you're applying for a job, again, it's about looking at the company and, and what their values are, what they what they they, um, they 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 achieve and what they do and what they look for. And then the skill is in identifying out of your hobbies, your pastimes, how you can translate those into, you know, what the employer's want as well and how that speaks to their goal their vision um for what their organization um is and, and strives to be so linking that into your the organization research and commercial awareness thanks and um, another question is when talking about your weaknesses are there some things that are deal breakers and we should never mention in terms of securing a job or is it just important to show that you're aware of them and you're trying to improve so we'll get one or two speakers thoughts on that question. I think showing showing awareness is is definitely important. Um, I mean, if somebody was to come into to an interview and um, let's say they were 10 minutes late, they didn't look interested. They were looking all around them. Um, they'd also applied for 10 other jobs, you would question their motivation uh, for being there and, and, their, and their attitude. I mean, I, I go back to what I was 
saying earlier, and a lot of people here have said it's um, for me, it's all about attitude and um, and motivation. Yeah. Anyone else going to pick up on that, or when you move on to the next question? Yeah, I think the um, a level of honesty is expected in interviews as well. And one of the first questions we were asked was, you know, from somebody, how how do I combat uh, a shyness or an inherent shyness and something like that that is brought up in an interview is is never going to be a a, a deal breaker unless of course the, the the job obviously requires a significant amount of public speaking or something like that immediately but typically um awareness of one's own um limitations and, and things is, is a positive thing and, and showing how you have previously overcome others is something that would be a good attribute to take part in an interview as well However, there are, I would say, deal breakers, obviously, also, you know, if you can't get over your habit of stealing, I think that's going to prohibit you from getting a job anywhere. But, um, you know, I think it would just be be, be reasonable, be objective and be uh, be honest. Yeah, trust your, your instincts on that. Yeah. Um, thanks. So next question is, I feel fine speaking up and contributing in meetings and discussions, but I always find networking very difficult. Um, have you any advice on how I can start to get into this a bit more? Yeah, yeah. You, I think you'd be surprised, in, again, in, in that networking scenario, how many people are in exactly that same, um, have that same feeling. Um, and part of it is just really kind of getting stuck in. Um, it does help uh, in those networking environments. If you, again, preparation is a, is a, key part of it if you know uh the the type of people that you're likely to meet there you might even have certain people or organizations that you've identified that you want to speak um to to, to those to those people and it's just finding i suppose uh, that that kind of angle rather than just going in blindly and and just stopping and speaking to the first person that you um that that you see it's it's having a a a a, a, a target in some respects um, and also just a little bit of preparation in terms of the, the kind of questions that you might want to ask people or what you want to say about yourself and, and your organisation. But you will find now, I think, uh, a, a lot of businesses now are getting much better. And I think we are at helping our, our colleagues to be prepared for those um, those type of uh, situations. Um, and, and again, even from a, a more junior level, we, we set up, you know, there are networks where it's so you're not just going into a room full of really senior people there will be other other people from different organizations of a similar level so everybody kind of uh, gets used to that type of um interaction so it really is it's, it's kind of preparation and 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 practice and a lot of people find it difficult but you um as time goes on it, it you know it does just get easier and as time goes on and you work with different teams and different groups yeah. of people it, it sort of builds organically like that also doesn't it and any other thoughts on that? I think the the organic point is 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 important that you've just made. So, I mean, our firm employs about twenty thousand people. So, networking for us is also an internal job um, that that you need to do. It's not something I ever specifically sought to um, to do as a task. I never thought I'm I'm going to spend half a day networking. But the way I have supported other teams in other parts of the business, when they come to me with challenges or issues and I've actively mm -hmm. helped them or offered support in different business areas, has grown my network organically. 
um, without me having to go out and, um, you know, specifically set out a task. I'm, I'm going to speak to 15 people and, and, and know everything they do. So um, I think the ability to work across different teams and to um, bring colleagues into conversations. Um, as I mentioned before, we've all got strengths and weaknesses. So if somebody comes to me with a certain challenge, it may not be um, I'm the best person to answer that. So um, I, you know, I make sure I find out who is. Thank you. Um, guys, this is such a huge topic that it's probably not necessarily about answers this morning, but it's opening up a discussion point for our audience to start to think about what they can um, focus on and perhaps start to do differently in terms of the importance of transferable skills. And I think what's been really, really interesting that's come out from this session, um, you guys come from different sectors, different backgrounds, different organisations, but there's been huge commonality around some of the skills that you've talked about that are important, around motivation and teamwork and attitude and hard work. Um, so to, to close off on this part of the session, I'd just like to ask each of you to perhaps just condense that down and just give us, you know, what are your top three? What are the top three skills um, that the, the, the audience should take away now and start to think that they should develop one as employers for your teams? Um, Francis, okay to start with you. So um, certainly my top one is communication, um, because that really is the foundation on which, you know, you build so many of your other your other skills. Um, so I think it's just about, you know, as we've spoken about, um, thinking about the appro most appropriate way to communicate, doing it professionally, um, having a smile. Don't, you know, don't feel the fear. Just, just really um, embrace you and you know the organization you're you're hoping you know you want you're you're in or you're you're applying to and um really uh, just just be be honest um have have uh, take ownership is another thing so that's really from the get go it it comes in your self awareness and everything comes into it and know know your limitations but don't fear them because again organizations provide training learning development support mentorship as, we, as you know, in, in Almac and I, I'm, I'm sure that you know City and, and, and Deloitte as well and, and TLT. So when you start off, we recognise that you've come from a predominantly academic background, and we're going to support you. Um, so it is again about communicating and talking to your your line manager. Um, in terms of the other two, well, I would say for us, customer focus is really important. Um, always acting with the customer in mind, and ultimately our patients are, are you know, at the the end of, of 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 what we do at Almax. So keeping, you know, that as well gives you gives you motivation and, and a real, you know, on the days that are challenging, keeps you keeps you focused and, and keeps you on track. And then um, I would also say, I think in, in this day and age, it's really important to think of your well-being and to to develop that. Um, it comes from self-awareness and, and recognizing when you need support and asking for that support and taking that support when it's offered. I think these are all things that, um, you know, I still in my job, you know, I, I, I'm a con we're all work in progress, I think. Um, and I, you know, these are, these are things that I would advise myself now as well as, you know, graduates uh, entering the workforce in, 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 in this, at this time. Lovely. Thank you. Andrew, so your, your three top skills. Yeah, it's tricky. It's tricky to hone it down to, to three. And, and I'm trying to think of ones that, that, that the others won't be picking. So uh, I think probably for us. Warning then for clues. Yeah. 
the, um, the, the first one would be, um, I think, commercial awareness and, and client focus right from the outside, understanding what the businesses that you're in and what you're going to be doing for your, your clients, whether internal or external. Flexibility, which I've mentioned before, um, I think is is key in terms of where your career is going to go. Don't don't be sort of hooked on a on a particular path. And then just I think just kind of curiosity about what other opportunities there are, um, what a business can do for you as a as a, a person, and how that can kind of help shape your your future career. Lovely. And Stephen. Yeah. So so the first one I would say is begin to um, learn about yourself, about what interests and, and motivates you. There's a, there's a world of difference between um, going on stage and speaking about something you enjoy versus just going on stage and speaking about a topic. So if you're in a role that interests you, um, that will impact your performance positively, it will impact your drive, you will learn quicker. So um, Try to try to start having a think about um, what interests you, and that may be playing out in hobbies, not necessarily uh, professionally. Um, we are an audited firm, so integrity is um, is a massive um, is a massive factor for us. So so being honest in your work. Um, if there are problems, if there are challenges, knowing about it is a really good thing because then we can fix it. So um, acting with integrity at all times in the best interest of, of the clients. And lastly would be um, supporting your colleagues uh, within the firm. To borrow, borrow Boris Johnson's phrase, we are all in this together. We're all trying to achieve the same objectives. And I don't think Deloitte would be as successful if we were a company full of heroes. That's not what we were expecting. You know, um, play to your strengths and help others where where they need help. Lovely. And last but not least, Keith. Um, again, I would just echo everything that's been said. You know, ahead of me there, it's um, all very good advice and very relative to what I would have given as well. I suppose I'm just going to come at it from a little bit of a different angle. We've got six leadership standards that we would you know, assess people on that would be a rounded view of what their performance is, which are delivers results, drives values for clients, works as a partner, lives our values, develops our people and champions progress. I'll pick three of those very quickly. I would, I would say is the most important. Um, drives value for clients. Um, I know it's been touched on already, but as a bank, we're only as strong as what our uh, relationship with our clients are and how much we uh, enable their wishes and, and deliver and perform for them um, and that comes back to how everybody pulls together as a team and ensures that you know you do your bit you're master of your own destiny you you know understand your your craft so to speak in terms of knowing what it is you need to do um, champions progress is something that i mentioned previously in relation to change always embracing change automation is a, a massive function of what we do within banks at the moment in terms of being able to add scalability for clients which is you know more more volume with less overhead and that's that's the constant drive that we have for that and looking for opportunities to deliver that because it also aids accuracy which is which is good as well and lastly um which is very important is lives our values because i think um stephen mentioned that earlier in terms of um onboarding a company and onboarding and joining a company understanding that there are 
certain levels and certain expectations of behavior and approach and how you interact with other people, how you treat people with dignity and respect. And that's that's a, an absolute must for onboarding in, in being a company. Lovely. Um, so in the last two minutes, I just wanted to say thank you to our panelists for your expertise and giving up the time out of your busy diaries for this session. Um, I know the students will all now be feeling quite inspired, or the graduates, I should say, inspired and comforted that there is such a degree of commonality um, across what our speakers are saying of the important generalist skills that you can now start to think about and develop on as you springboard into the next part of your career. Um, do give yourself a little time in the next day or two to consider a tangible takeaway or outcome for this session moving forward that you can start to develop or work upon over the summer months and beyond regarding your own employability and skills. So thank you everybody for your participation and thanks again to our panellists. You've been listening to a podcast from the Careers Employability and Skills Team at Queen's. Music by Ben Sound. To access career support at Queen's, please visit our website go.qub.ac.uk forward slash careers or follow at QUB Careers on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter.